Section 22 of Short Stories from Locomotive Engineers Journal, Volume 52. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Short Stories from Locomotive Engineers Journal, Volume 52, by Various. Section 22 making history by alan hinsdale i was driving my auto along a country road enjoying the constantly changing scenery the spring had developed into summer the leaves on the trees were full-blown birds were singing in the trees a range of distant hills stood soft and mellow against the horizon light fleecy clouds sailed lazily over an azure sky i am one of those who love to ride slowly that i may see each vista each landscape near objects enjoying them while i look i have no patience with those who must be always tearing along so rapidly that no sooner does one get an eye on a green velvet slope with cattle feeding upon it than presto it is vanished and its place is taken by a ragged height covered with scrub trees past which the road may be so uneven as to require a three mile an hour gait such drivers will get over twenty miles of beautiful scenery in a jiffy to drag and jolt along beside a quarry or a street lined with hovels on this summer morning of which i speak my heart had been warmed by the beautiful flecked sunlight beside the road and i felt especially charitable toward all the world i was motoring along a narrow dirt road but extremely smooth lined with a broad space of turf on either side to the fences when i saw before me a feminine figure whose lines and dress indicated that she was a young girl she was carrying a satchel of ample dimensions on her arm and used a staff when i came up with her i brought my machine almost to a standstill she turned her face toward me and i noticed that it was comely shall i give you a lift i asked thank you sir i have far to go and am aweary she replied with that scotch accent which in a woman is especially musical though from a man the words usually come like bullets from the muzzle of a pistol she was about to climb into the rear seat when i opened the forward door and she took the seat beside me where do you go i asked i dinna know at present she answered i am to meet my brother at medbury where we shall go from there i cannot tell i got out my road map asked the girl to unfold it and while i held the wheel with one hand held the map with the other i saw that medbury was a matter of ten miles as the crow flies but it was fifteen by road and nearly thirty by such roads as would be suitable to an auto at what hour do you expect to meet your brother i asked this afternoon it was nine o'clock in the morning i was not required to be at any particular place at any particular time there was plenty of time to get the girl to her destination before she was due there she was pretty her voice was very sweet and i saw no reason why i should not enjoy her companionship for the greater part of the day instead of riding alone i jogged along till we came to a fork in the road and as i was about to turn into the right road the girl made a move to alight saying that her route lay over the left road which was only a lane i told her that i would take her to her destination 
over motorable roads and she consented again i examined my road map and laid out a course involving a fifty-mile ride and since i preferred a slow gait we would make medbury at noontime as we rolled along i led my companion to talk about herself for i felt some curiosity concerning her she was not dressed as a farmer's daughter and although her accent was scotch it was not a peasant accent i could not understand why so refined a person should be trudging along on foot and i did not consider the lonely roads a proper place for a young girl to be unattended during our conversation she gave me her name as edith mcdowriel her father and mother had come to america from scotland when she was about ten years old which accounted for her retaining only a portion of the dialect of her native country her father had been a landed proprietor to a very limited extent in scotland and having been seized with the desire to extend his possessions had sold his property and come to america where the proceeds of the sale would purchase a more extended domain but it did not appear from what the girl told me that he had utilized his american acres except in devoting some of them in the cultivation of fruit as we do not realize that we are making history so we do not recognize in small events that we are shaping our lives i often revert to that pleasant summer day when i took into my auto for a lift a girl i had never seen before intending at the start to set her down where our paths diverged how i resolved to make her my companion for a ride how she communicated to me a brief statement as to her social position it was under the warm sunshine tempered by a delicious cool breeze while we rolled along through a beautiful country that i was making history for myself as well as the girl beside me in remembering the several small incidents that were tending to divert my life's path from what it had thus far been i have often thought that the matter of good roads played an important part had the roads been stony or filled with hollows my attention would have been necessarily fixed on them and my temper would have been sorely tried instead the roads were perfect for miles the dirt roads were dry and hard packed when we entered upon the turnpikes they were either covered with the finest stone or were of asphalt my machine worked to perfection on these accounts i was not only able to give my whole attention to my fair companion but my heart was free to warm to her the history that i was making for myself and my companion was in a way more important to her than to myself but why this was so i did not learn for a long while afterward during that eventful day i set her down as a most demure scotch lassie in whom there was no disposition to act for herself indeed she impressed me as barely having escaped from the nursery at noontime we came upon a grove in which stood a cottage with a sign wildwood inn there were rude tables in the grove and i inferred that a luncheon would be obtainable so i turned my machine into the place a woman with a white cap and apron came out and i asked her to produce the best she had in her larder that luncheon tastes delicious whenever i think of it to the present day there was an omelette fit for the gods biscuits such as were never made before north of mason and dixon's line so light that i almost feared that they would fly up among the branches of the trees above us before i could get them to my mouth as for the butter 
i doubt if it had been churned an hour a heartier course was spring chicken served with cucumbers so that the heat of one was nullified by the coolness of the other while both heat and coolness were enjoyable a cup of tea smoothed by the richest cream was what we drank for dessert a great dish of strawberries as large as walnuts and all the while i was looking into a pair of brown eyes opposite me and listening to a musical voice one thing more of a different kind was needed for our history-making it was not important except in a small way there was nothing heroic scenic lurid romantic about it indeed it was very commonplace a punctured tire nothing more nothing less who would suppose that so unromantic a happening should have been the capstone of incidents shaping the lives of two human beings nevertheless it was never before had i driven without an extra tire i would not have been without one this time had there not been a delay in filling an order i had expected one to be delivered to me that morning it had not arrived and i was obliged to set out without it thank heaven that it was not forthcoming i had barely started from the wildwood inn when one of my forward wheels was let down on the road fortunately we were so near the inn that my companion could go back there to wait while i tried to extricate myself from the dilemma a short distance down the road was a house where i found a telephone but i spent a long while before i could get a man to come from a garage with implements to repair the brake and it would not be safe to use the tire for an hour or two after he had done so it was three o'clock before the patch was put on and half-past four before i dared start again then i drove back to the inn and informed miss mcdonnell that we were twenty miles from medbury and since i dare not strain the newly patched tire we should have to proceed slowly over such portions of the road that were inferior it might be six o'clock before we reached the place how long will it take to go home she asked i can get you back to where i overtook you in an hour i said take me home i did not care to go to medbury no will you be too late to find your brother i did not care to go there no was all i could get out of her we were fortunate in reaching her home without further mishap when we came near the house my companion left me and went on alone before parting i arranged for a call and another ride the call i made at an early date and after that we had many rides together one matter turned up a mystery it soon came out that edith had no brother upon my accusing her of having deceived me she confessed that on the morning i took her into my auto she was going to meet a lover for an elopement it was then that i understood her words i didn't care to go there no and this is why i have said that i was making history more for her than for myself she changed her intended husband during our ride it turned out well for her that i invited her to ride and that the bursting of the tire delayed our reaching medbury as it did had she arrived there at the time appointed she would not have found the man she had expected to meet for he had no intention of keeping the appointment some years after our marriage i learned through friends of my wife that the man with whom she had expected to elope had at that time already more wives than the law allowed he had been born a gentleman but was the black sheep of the family the reason why she wouldn't have found him at the appointed place was that with number two had got wind of his intention 
and had had him jailed i never allowed my wife to know how serious a fate she escaped end of section twenty two